Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. And today is the first episode for 2024. So uh, we'll be continuing our studies here in the book of First Thessalonians. We're here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now we've been looking at some of the issues related to the angelic realm, and what it is that the scriptures actually say about angels, who they are, and what is going to happen with them throughout the dispensations. We looked at some things related to the angelic realm in time past. We looked at things for us today in our dispensation, the time that's known as the but now and we looked at the ages to come, and we came to the issue of looking at how the Apostle Paul is going to discuss some things related to the angelic realm and our responsibility with them in the heavenly places because we have a promise that as the members of the body of Christ, because we put our trust in the gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and putting our trust in that and that alone, which gives us our salvation today, that guarantee that we're going to be with him in the heavenly places. And what we see that the scriptures start to talk about with this is what it is that we will be doing in the heavenly places. If we go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 for a moment, we're going to see something the Apostle Paul says in the last epistle that he writes. So the last information that he records for us He says something about what it is that we are going to be doing here. We're going to start here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, and read down through verse number 13. It says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Now, we see that there's a bunch of these if clauses that the Apostle Paul is using here with this. And when you actually read through these, you see how there's some issues that he brings up telling us of what's going to happen with us. Verse 11 We see the issue, it says, For if we be dead with him, we shall also 
live with him. So he's talking about the identity that we have and how once we put our trust in the gospel message for today, and you can go back into passages like, for example, in Romans chapter number 6, some other places in Paul's epistles where he identifies the fact that because we've put our trust in the gospel message, that we have been identified with his death, burial, and resurrection. So when he says, for if we be dead with him, you know, there's a reality of that because we are a member of the body of Christ, we're dead with him. So the reality is we shall also live with him. Then we see in verse 12 that there's an issue of if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Then he says, if we deny him, he also will deny us. Now, typically individuals start trying to take that aspect into that somebody could lose their salvation. We know that's not possible because Ephesians chapter 1 speaks about how once somebody puts their trust in the gospel, that they're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise the Spirit functioning as the seal to keep us in the body. So we know that it's not possible for us to lose our salvation. And that's really where verse 13 actually goes. He says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself that there's the issue of that if it came down to the thing of where we had put our trust in the gospel message at one point and then we rejected what the Lord Jesus Christ did he's going to remain faithful and because he is remaining faithful he cannot deny himself He cannot, and because we are identified in him, we cannot be denied related to our salvation. That's why verse 12, that issue of if we deny him, he also will deny us, ties in with the first part of verse 12 when it says if we suffer we shall also reign with him so there's a distinction that's going to happen between a believer suffering and a believer denying that suffering now that suffering that's not the suffering that happens to is a result of you know the choices that we make in our lives that might lead to bad outcomes this suffering is related to the fact that we are standing true to the message of the gospel of the grace of God for us today and because we're standing for that truth There is a suffering 
that comes along with that. You see later on in this same epistle in chapter 3 and verse 12 where Paul speaks about what is going to happen as we hit the last days when he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That there's a time coming when all that are living godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. In Philippians it talks about how we're given to suffer for his sake. That the life that we have while we're here on planet earth, Israel had been promised all of the physical blessings because they had a hope that was related to the kingdom being established here on the earth so their blessings being tied in with their hope that's why you see how when they were doing the right things that they were receiving physical blessings and when they did the wrong things that there were consequences that came about from it and they suffered as a result of going against God's word. That's the whole thing of what you see in Deuteronomy chapter number 28, where Moses lays out the first part of the chapter is, if you do good, here's all the blessings you're going to have. In verse 15, he flips it around of that if you are not doing good, here's all the cursings. And you see how those same areas of their life were going to be influenced by blessing or cursing, all related to how they were following what God's word actually said. So individuals would actually be able to look, see what was going on in a person's life, and they would be able to tell if they were actually following the law based on those physical blessings or cursings that were happening. During the dispensation of the grace of God, we're not promised any of those things. In fact, the blessings that we're given, the Apostle Paul identifies in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Our blessings are spiritual. And that's what you see from verse 4, continuing on through the rest of chapter number 1, that Paul starts laying out these spiritual blessings that individuals were receiving all as a result of putting their trust in the gospel message. It was a guarantee that every member of the body of Christ will receive the blessings that are laid out in Ephesians chapter number 1. Now here in 2 Timothy where we're reading in chapter number 2 that there's an issue of if we're suffering we're going to reign with him. 
if we deny him that suffering, he also will deny us that ability to reign with him. Now, that reigning has nothing to do with the earthly kingdom, but has everything to do with the heavenly hope which has been promised to us. In fact, you see how Paul brings up something that causes confusion to many individuals when you turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and see something that Paul writes to the assembly of Corinth here. And we'll start here in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. It says, Dare any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world, and if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life? Now we'll stop there. And I want to focus on this verse 3 here, which says, Know ye not that we shall judge angels. And individuals start trying to figure out, how can Paul say that we are going to judge angels? You know, and because they'll point to things of where, you know, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about, that man is a little lower than the angels and say, well, it's impossible for you know something that's lower to judge something that is greater than it. Now, with God, there is nothing that is impossible. The wisdom of God that's revealed to us by the Apostle Paul tells us that we shall judge angels. And this is part of that information, and we've talked about this several times. We're in Ephesians chapter number 3. Let's read that passage again in Ephesians chapter number 3 where Paul's talking about you know, what's happening with the angelic realm. When he says here, we'll start at verse 8 of Ephesians 3. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. And we see how there's an eternal purpose that had been laid out. So, before the foundation of the world, 
the Godhead had laid out a purpose, a purpose that was related to the reconciling of the heaven and the earth. So even before the heaven and earth were created, God knew what was going to happen. He had a plan for the reconciliation of the heaven and the earth. The earthly program had been revealed starting in the book of Genesis. The heavenly program had been kept secret, revealed through the Apostle Paul. And now the principalities and powers in heavenly places are learning the manifold wisdom of God by the church. So by the instrument that is going to have this judgment over them, that's going to have a rulership over the angelic realm, they're learning these things. And that's part of, you know, as they're looking at us and seeing the things and seeing how we're continuously making mistakes, going against what God's word is teaching, they're learning the wisdom of God and seeing how we're going to be taking those positions and Paul in his epistles actually describes these positions that we are going to have and explains the process of how it is that we are going to be put into those positions. Now, if we turn over, we're here in Ephesians, let's turn back to chapter number one for a moment. We're going to see how Paul's going to lay out these positions here in Ephesians chapter number one. And there's three different passages that the Apostle Paul gives that lays out these positions. And we'll, here in Ephesians chapter number one, We'll start here in verse number 16 to kind of get the context of what's going on here in this first passage. It says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And we're stopped there for a moment because we see how Paul brings up, again, one of these things that if you just mention this to someone without giving them the context and giving them the information, that they would struggle with an idea of saying that, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ has some sort of an inheritance in us. Now, saying that we have an inheritance in him, that makes perfect sense to anybody to say that, yes, we have an inheritance in him. But to say that he has an inheritance 
in us almost sounds to be, you know, this thing of, well, you don't even know what you're talking about to be making that type of a claim that he has an inheritance in us. But verse 18 that we just read says, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So Paul's identifying the fact that he has an inheritance in us, and he's going to describe what this is. We pick up here verse number 19 of Ephesians 1. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So we see this description that the Apostle Paul is giving here. And he starts talking about, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he's raised from the dead. He's set at the right hand of God the Father in the heavenly places. Then says that the Lord Jesus Christ is far above. And he starts naming these positions, the principality, the power, the might, the dominion, the every name that is named. Then says it's not only in this world, so not only where we are now, but also in that which is to come. So now he's looking forward to the new heaven and new earth and saying that this same idea of the Lord Jesus Christ being over those things. But he says hath, in verse 22, hath put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So now he starts talking about us. And when he says, which is his body. So he's talking about the church, the body of Christ. Those who've put their trust in the gospel message for today. He says, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So, the church, the body of Christ, is going to fill all of those positions. The church is going, you know, and we're going to see how we just read the passages quickly. And then we're going to probably spend a little bit more time on this next week. Ephesians 6, verse 12, where Paul says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So he he starts talking in Ephesians 6 about the spiritual warfare that we have going on today and how 
That's what we're fighting against. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him were all things created there in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So these three passages actually lay out these positions in the angelic realm that Paul is saying that it has been promised to us that we're going to be filling those positions. And this is one of those things that when individuals start hearing this for the very first time, it starts to, you know, one day they start getting excited, realizing what's going on, but then it also starts to become almost in a way confusing to them. One, because they've never heard somebody teaching this before, but also the struggle to understand how it is that we could actually be in any of those positions. And that's really where, in our episode next week, we're going to pick up with that thought process and look at specifically what those positions actually are and start talking about how it is that we would actually be able to be able to step in to any of those positions and be there for all of eternity in those positions. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some previous audio files of some messages that have been preached at our local assembly. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join us you know, live on Facebook for our Sunday services and our Wednesday night Bible study. And as always, if you happen to be in the Buffalo area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. at 83 Anderson Road in Cheektowaga, New York. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.